Well, the Dolphins are contemplating their own future against the salary cap in 2024. Teams across the rest of the league are beginning their own process of getting cap compliant and saving cap space. Are any of those players on the bubble across the league potential fits for the Dolphins? We looked here today on Locked on Dolphins. You are Locked on Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Miami, welcome to another episode of Locked on Dolphins. It's your team every day here on the Locked on Network. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, a lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, host of Locked on Dolphins, co-host of Locked on NFL Scouting. You can find our shows on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Tip of the cap to our everydayers because it is your team every day. We don't just say it. We live it here on the Locked on Network. Today's episode of Locked on Dolphins is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. It's $150 if your bet wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. It is Monday, February 19th. The league franchise tag window opens tomorrow. It'll be an interesting kind of subplot for Miami. They have a couple candidates, be it Christian Wilkins, be it Robert Hunt, be it Connor Williams. I think I'd be surprised with that one, but there's three kind of big names that are expiring contracts for the Dolphins that they may choose to exercise that as either a leverage point to uh, ensure they're able to get a contract extension done, retain that player services on a one-year deal, or otherwise uh, utilize that contractual obligation to get compensation from another team for acquiring the services of one of those three players. So, um, Really interesting window upcoming, and we're kind of off and running here. Uh, we're about a week away from the start of the NFL Combine. So there's a lot of stuff coming down the pipe. We saw the first glimpses of this over the weekend. The Chicago Bears uh, cutting both free safety Eddie Jackson and interior offensive lineman Cody Whitehair, two longtime contributors to that franchise. Uh, and saving significant over like $20 million in cap space is what the Bears were able to save by cutting those two players. This is going to happen across the league. So we're spending a lot of time talking uh, about the uh, Dolphins free agent class, players that are under contract. We expect players like Emmanuel Agba to be put on the market who are uh, salary cap casualties for the Dolphins. There will be other players most likely who will fall into that bucket as well. Are there any players that are on the chopping block that might be fits for the Dolphins. I think you have to be mindful. And the nice thing about players that are cut prematurely uh, is they can sign at any time. And they also do not count against the compensation pick formula. So that's the appeal of signing a player like a Cody Whitehair and Eddie Jackson. I watched Cody Whitehair's tape over the weekend. And we'll, we'll talk about him a little bit when we get to the trenches. But um, Spot Track put out an a article from Michael Gennetti, and it was published today. And it is the 2024 All-Bubble Team. And it's committed to players who are currently under contract but might be cap casualties for their respective teams. And are any of those players fits for the Dolphins is my slant that I'm going to put on the All-Bubble Team. So we'll start with skill players. I'm going to read the names that he has included, that running back, wide receiver, and tight end. And there's one that really pops to me. 
And believe it or not, it's not Nick Chubb who's on this list as a potential casualty. He's obviously coming off a season-ending injury early in the year last year. Uh, Miles Sanders, Naeem Hines, and Jeff Wilson, a Miami Dolphin. At the running back position are veteran bubbles. Mike Williams from the LA Chargers. Brandon Ayuk, uh, who's a potential trade candidate. Uh, Tim Patrick and Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Patrick with the Broncos, season-ending injury the last two seasons. Valdez-Scantling with the Chiefs. And then at tight end, C.J. Uzoma, Jonu Smith with the Falcons, Uzoma's with the Jets, Logan Thomas with the Commanders. And the name that really pops to me is Will Disley from the Seattle Seahawks. I John Schneider from Seattle has got one heck of a good taste in tight ends as far as I'm concerned because I'm a huge fan of Noah Fant, who's on the free agent market, is a really good fit and potential upgrade for the Dolphins in their passing game at the tight end position. But if Will Disley's going to shake free, and you want to help improve the run game with inline blocking, all the same reasons that I love Darnell Washington last year coming out of the University of Georgia in the draft process before the Dolphins passed up on him. He ultimately goes to Pittsburgh, plays about 500 snaps this year, was really good in pass protection, pretty good in run blocking, didn't really get a lot of volume in the passing game, but was the big-bodied physical presence that he was billed to be uh, for Pittsburgh in year one. Obviously, Pat Farmuth dealt with some injuries, so I get a little bit more runtime in that regard. Disley signed a deal with Seattle when he got an extension that was worth about $10 million per season, which was eyebrow raising money at the time uh, because he never really, I think he had one season of uh, big time production in the passing game. Uh, Disley's coming into the last year of his current deal. He's owed $7 million in cash. He's got a $10 million cap hit. Um, that's somebody for Miami. He's 27 years old to be 28 at the start of the season. He's a big player. He's a big tight end. That's a name that pops to me quite a bit as somebody who I think could bring something new to the Dolphins room. And the last four seasons, he's played 557 snaps, 512 snaps, 569 snaps, 361 snaps. He peaked in passing game production in 2022, the big Geno Smith breakout year, 34 receptions, 349 yards, and three touchdowns. So it's not an upgrade if you're looking for a passing weapon, but it is an upgrade in my mind with the inline type of player. I think Durham Smythe's best skill, and I'll give Durham Smythe credit. You know, For the past couple of years, I've been pretty lukewarm on Durham, but I think he's really come into his own in this offense as an adequate player, but I think his best skills involve his versatility and angles in blocks. Whereas Disley is a little bit more of a true um, hand in the dirt, really knock you around type of presence at the tight end position. So um, that's where I think there's a difference between the two players that could really Excited. He's 6'4, 265 pounds. Right. Like that's that's a big dude. And uh Seattle drafted him with a fourth round pick. So if he were to shake free and hit the market, he'd be pretty high up on my list, along with Noah Fan at tight end. Uh the other names that are included here. Uh, we're we're gonna talk about wide receiver in the weeks ahead and, and how Miami needs to improve that third spot. I don't think that's gonna come from Mike Williams or Tim Patrick or Valdez Scantling. Ayuk's obviously such an attractive player, but he's going to be due for a big contract. He's coming into his fifth-year option year this upcoming year. 
uh, that his circle has kind of teased potentially wanting to be traded from San Francisco. 49ers can't pay everybody. They're kind of in the same boat the Dolphins are. Um, I don't think that one moves the needle for me. So the skill players, Spotrac's all-bubble team has one, Will Disley. I'm all about. That guy shakes free as long as you're talking a reasonable market. A couple million dollars. You could probably get up to five if you're going to add a tight end. If you add a blocking tight end, then you really need a pass catcher to complement the two that you got. So you're going to have to juggle it a little bit. There's a lot of different ways they can go, and that's why the offseason's fun. We are going to get into the line uh, trench play up next here on this episode of Locked On Dolphins, so make sure you stick with us. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because right now new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bets. $150 if your bet wins. Bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and more. Just visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and shoot your shot. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. So on the offensive line, uh, there's some names here that interest me for sure. Uh, there's a couple of talented, there's a couple of players I think could potentially be starters or at a minimum are positional flex players that give you a lot of flexibility as you work around what players you're retaining to be the pillars. We we talked last week about the tackle position largely being locked in. I think you still need to figure out your swing tackle, whether that's Kendall Lamb, please. I think that's a very cost-effective maneuver for the Dolphins. And he played well in the reps that he had last year. The other names on the block, and this is, some of these are going to be relevant for the Dolphins, but for where these players are going to otherwise go. David Bakhtiari is a perfect example. So Bakhtiari signed a five-year, $107 million contract. Uh, he's played in 14 games the last three seasons. Complain about the Toronto Armstead contract? Go ahead. It was five for 75, so $32 million less, and Toronto's played more in two years than uh, Bakhtiari's played in three. Uh, Rudy May can open up, according to Spotrac, almost $21 million of cap space by moving on from Bakhtiari. He's going to go to the Jets. He's going to sign a deal. The, the only thing that we could be so blessed to see is that the Jets sign Bakhtiari and consider one of their tackle spots resolved. Becton's leaving in free agency. They've got uh, Dwayne Brown's an expiring contract, I believe. Uh, they they got to figure out what they're doing at offensive tackle, and they dealt with some injuries on the interior as well, including Elijah Vera Tucker. But with Rodgers and the pipeline and what they paid Alan Lazard and they bring Randall Cobb in, it's Rogers really just bringing all his buddies into the fray, right? Bakhtiari is probably going to be a jet. So it's relevant to Miami. I would not be interested in signing Bakhtiari, but the other two names that are included here, including one that's already hit the market uh, is of interest to me. Joseph Noteboom with the Rams, obviously some parallels for the offensive scheme. And then Chukwuma Korafor for the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, has been a starter at right tackle. I think he's a quality depth option. Um, if he doesn't have a market to be a starter, I, I think he's a really attractive player for the Dolphins to maybe uh, consider if they don't end up getting Kendall Lamb back or if Kendall Lamb, because of how good his play was this year, prices himself out of Miami. I think Joseph Noteboom, uh, there's guard tackle flexibility there. The Dolphins love their positional flex. We know that, right? And he they, they tried to proactively with Andrew Whitworth 
uh, transitioning away, they tried to proactively get him locked in on a big time deal and he hasn't been able to secure a spot. So I think there's some, maybe some performance questions there, but the appeal is with the positional flex at guard, uh, Lakin Tomlinson with the jets, uh, Austin Corbett with the Panthers and Ryan Bates with the Buffalo bills. Uh, uh, Corbett's probably the best player. What's interesting is is Tomlinson would be a return to the scheme that he had his big breakout in when he came to San Francisco. There's obviously an existing history there, but he's 32 years old. He signed a 13 plus million dollar per year contract. If he were to shake free, what is his expectations? I don't have a good answer. I certainly think it's an interesting name. And one of the things that we're going to do this week is we're going to go over both center and guard. And we're going to talk about what are your tiers of backup plans? And we'll see if Tomlinson ends up being cut loose by the Jets. If he is, then add that. just add that to the list of, of needs that the Jets have to fear on the offensive line. You think the Dolphins are in bad shape there. Jeez Louise. Um, at center, it's Corey Lindsley and Mason Cole. Lindsley's uh, had a heart condition during the season. Uh, seems like he's going to retire as a result of that, so that's super unfortunate because he's, he's a really, really good player. But obviously, your, your health comes first. And then Mason Cole uh, from Pittsburgh is somebody who, if you were to peg him as a starter, which Pittsburgh has, I think you're going to see the results that Pittsburgh has, which is you're going to be left wanting for a little bit more. So on the offensive line, Nopeum kind of has my eye. Potentially Tomlinson is a scheme fit, but the price is the big deal. They're the big question. And I don't have a good gauge on what his market would be because of what his market was when he signed the contract with the Jets. And he's been available. It's been one of the best things about him. On the defensive line, Devon Gotchell, familiar name with the New England Patriots, Harrison Phillips with the Minnesota Vikings, DJ Jones with the Denver Broncos, and Brian Moan with the Seattle Seahawks. And then at edge, Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack, a couple of Chargers, Tyus Bowser with the Ravens, Emmanuel Agba, with the Dolphins. Lots of interesting names here. Uh, I think Brian Moan is somebody who has my interest, another Seattle Seahawk, uh, as a interior defensive lineman with some good mass. He's 6'3", 345 pounds. If he were to shake free, uh, I know your expectation, again, for a nose tackle is 40, 45% of the snaps. He's been a rotational guy in Seattle for his first four seasons. and he's been about a 30, 35% snap play. So is he the cure-all to your needs on the interior defensive line? No. But if he's available, you have my attention. I, I think that adds another compelling name into uh, what is an interesting free agent crop, but the, the, the intrigue with it is at the top with the guys like Chris Jones and Christian Wilkins. DJ Jones and Harrison Phillips were two names that ahead of the trade deadline this year we discussed at great lengths on this show as, hey, these teams look like they're not contending this year. If they're going to be sellers at the deadline, I'd kick the tires on both guys. Well, now you can maybe have your cake and eat it too, where you didn't need the extra player on the defensive line last season, or at least on the interior, because Wilkinson Sealer took all the snaps. It's the one area that offense really didn't get hurt uh, this season other than quarterback. Um, but you're going to need some reinforcements there. Wilkins probably not going to be back. At least it doesn't sound super encouraging. DJ Jones, I think, would be a great fit. I think he could be an impactful player. 
Whereas Harrison Phillips, I think, is maybe a little bit more of a modest ceiling, but he's a big body type. You try to foil it with the Baltimore front. Uh, they're both kind of nose tackle-ish type players. So you would still need another B-gap defender. All three of those guys. The only, Ironically enough, the only guy I'm not interested in is the former Dolphin. Uh, Gotchow, obviously... Spent time in Miami, signs the big deal in New England, gets another big deal from New England, starts to have his playing time whittled away into that new contract. Uh, There's just not enough splash plays, and I don't think he has the body type of a nose tackle, a true nose tackle, to really shine in the way that you would want a nose tackle to anyway. On the edge, I'd stay away from the two vets from the Chargers, Bosa's injury history at this stage is really concerning. Uh, Khalil Max obviously had a monster season. I just think his price, if you were to acquire him, uh, is probably going to put himself outside of a realistic range for the Dolphins, given that they have a couple guys who have been well-established players. I would look at Tyus Bowser, though. Bowser missed this past season. But he's been a really versatile player. He had seven sacks in 2021. There's obviously a history with Anthony Weaver. Um, missed about half the season in 2022. So you have a little bit of age or a little bit of injury concerns, but he's 6'3, 250. You go back to when he came out of Houston, kind of had like the Andrew Van Ginkle thing going on where he could play off the ball a little bit. He could play on the edge, play in coverage. Uh, he's going to be 29 years old in May after the draft. That would be an interesting player for me. Because as recently as 2021, this was a primary player. He played 834 snaps defensively for the Ravens in 2021 and had seven sacks as a 17-game starter. And he's agile and he's explosive. Obviously, he's, he's into his career a little bit. He came into the league in 2017. But if you're looking for bridge players at that spot, that's a player I'd be really, really interested in if he shook loose from the Ravens. We're going to get into the back seven here next on this episode of Locked on Dolphins, so make sure that you stick with us. Game time is fully committed to making sure that you can shop for last-minute tickets without the stress. If you're a spontaneous person, you want to get down and watch the next Panthers game or the next Heat game or you want to hit a concert, whatever it may be, Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. You could see the view from your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect before you arrive. And all-in prices show you your total up front, so you know you're getting a great deal before you check out. You can buy tickets in seconds with just a few taps from your phone. And with Zone Deals, you can pick the section. Game Time will pick your seats for big-time savings. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDON. For $20 off your first purchase. Terms do apply. Again, create an account, redeem code locked on L O C K E D O N for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed. The back seven linebackers in the secondary for those uninitiated. Continuing our way through here, courtesy of Spot Track, doing the all bubble team 2024. Got a couple hits, they've got a couple nibbles. Tyus Bowser. DJ Jones, Harrison Phillips, Brian Moan, Joe Nopum, Will Disley. Names that I haven't done the deep dives on because they're under contract with other teams. 
But if you're telling me these guys are looking for new contracts and new homes, yes, please. Let's get that influx. And look, the way that the Dolphins' free agency strategy is probably going to run, they're, they're going to have to get to 51 players first and foremost. They're going to start to align and get themselves cap compliant, do contract extensions and contract restructures and cut players of their own. They'll do all that before the middle of March. We're less than a month away from the start of the league calendar year. I would expect a lot of the contracts that are signing in Miami in free agency are one-year deals because they have kind of established these are the pillars on each side of the ball that are our hallmark players. How do we properly sprinkle around those players, maintain flexibility, and maintain the ability to go year by year while we work with these big contracts as we phase in new contracts that are big contracts with players that are rookie contracts and phase out the old-time big contracts like Xavier Howard, who's listed as the top name at cornerback on Tracks All-Bubble Team for 2024. Here's the blurb. Howard agreed to a restructured contract back in April of 2022 earning $37.5 million over the past two seasons in Miami. An early trade release only frees up $2.8 million in cap space. We did this last week, so you knew that already. But a post-June 1st designation can open up $18.5 million on June 2nd. Can the Dolphins afford to keep his $25.9 million hit on the books that long? To which I guess my answer would be, probably, because if you moved on from him, you're only freeing up $2.8 million in cap space. Like, that's a low-level contract player on a one-year deal. Now, you get that plus a pick. If you were to trade Xavier Howard, I, I think it does make it interesting. I think it makes it an interesting conversation. What can largely be assumed is that Howard will not be with the team this year. The other names at cornerback are of no interest to me at all. J.C. Jackson, Tredavious White coming off an Achilles tear. Dante Jackson with the Panthers. Uh, the Dolphins have a second-round corner who had really high-level moments in training camp in the preseason. I would expect that guy will get the first look. I also expect moving Jalen Ramsey around a little bit more uh, will provide some added impact in the secondary that maybe you didn't have this past year as is. Not in love with the safety spot either. Uh, but there's a player at linebacker that pops me a little bit. The safety names that were included were Jamal Adams. No, thank you. Buda Baker. Going to get a big contract, even if he's cut. Kevin Byard probably would get a big contract, even if he was cut. Tracy Walker from Detroit, maybe, but not really a needle-moving player relative to the other players that Dolphins have had in the, second, in the safety room anyway. Linebacker's where it's at. Leighton Van Der Esch has a neck injury. He's the top name included. But the other name that's here that is of entry is Devondre Campbell with the Green Bay Packers. And Devondre Campbell with the Green Bay Packers was one of the starting linebackers for defensive coordinator Joe Barry, who is now the Dolphins linebackers coach. You have the potential with Devondre Campbell, who's a 30-year-old veteran linebacker, to transition away from Jerome Baker, who's, you could save almost $10 million against the cap with by cutting at any point, 
And Devondre Campbell uh, in cash is oh, 10.5 this year, 8.9 and 8.9 the next three seasons total. But if he's cut, he's probably not sniffing that money. He's probably not sniffing that market because names that were younger, like Logan Wilson and Jermaine Pratt with the Bengals last offseason, got about $7 million per. TJ Edwards with the Eagles, signs in Chicago, I think he got six and a half. And I'd say that's probably where I would expect Devondre Campbell's market to fall. So if Joe Barry's going to come in and be your defensive run game coordinator, and he's going to be your linebackers coach, and you have an opportunity to save $10 million against the cap with Jerome Baker, if Devondre Campbell gets cut, that's a name that I, I think would make a ton of sense as a little bit of a different body type to go in there with David Long against having Jerome Baker and, and you're potentially spending half the money. Campbell is 6'3", 232 pounds. Jerome Baker's not quite as long. Uh, Campbell's been a, a pretty impactful player since Atlanta 2019 was really the year that he had the big blow up. That was his fourth year in the league. He came in the league in 2016. Um, lots of pass impact production, seven career interceptions, 28 career passes, defense, nine and a half career sacks, uh, 40 tackles for loss. Uh, was first team all pro in 2021 under Joe Barry. So that's a name that really pops to me. So spot tracks on the nose here. And these names, if all the names on the on the all-bubble team get cut, if you had to ask me to pick one name on either side of the ball, it might be Devondre Campbell paired with a Jerome Baker release on defense. And it would probably be the responsible thing to do would probably be to take one of the offensive linemen. Man, I'd love to get Will Disley. Again. Linebacker and tight end, that's kind of the unique spot of where Miami is. We have a lot of needs, but the needs aren't necessarily premium positions. So older player gets cut off a contract, looking for a new home. Maybe guys that don't have the same enthusiasm for their markets as they once did. At non-premium positions, you could probably find some economic buys. And again, if they get cut, they don't cost you against the compensation pick formula. And the one thing that I didn't do, and I realized I didn't do it, was uh, I did watch uh, Cody Whitehair's film over the weekend, and I kind of glazed right over him when we were talking about offensive linemen and defensive linemen. Uh, so Cody Whitehair, I think at this stage in his career, he's another guy who came into the league in 2016. He's a second-round pick for Chicago. Primarily been a left guard and a center. He's got over 300 snaps in both of those spots for his career. At this stage of the game, his instincts are his best quality. You can tell he really sees the game well. There's some savviness with how he uses his hands and how he leverages. But he does look like the legs are getting a little stale. Uh, he started almost 120 career games in the NFL, all for Chicago. And when he's initially out of the blocks, you see that quickness that helped make him a really impactful player at other spot. But as the play continues or as I have to climb up into space, 
I, I think you see maybe the way he sees it and how he's been accustomed to being able to do it versus where his body's at as a 32, 33 year old into your offensive lineman. It just doesn't quite have the same pop to it. And I think that's my concern where I would say he's an upgrade for sure over Rob Jones. And he's an upgrade for sure over Lester Cotton. And he's got center guard flexibility. Would I sign him? Yes, but I would sign him to a deal similar to what Dan Feeney got from the Dolphins last year before they traded Dan Feeney to the Bears, uh, which was a one-year, $3 million contract. I think that's kind of where I would fall with Cody Whitehair. If you're expecting him to be a starter and you want to bring him in as a lower-cost alternative to Connor Williams or Robert Hunt, I just don't think he's that kind of player anymore. That's my two cents. Hope you guys enjoyed this talk here on Locked on Dolphins. It's your team every day. Make sure you hit subscribe. You can find me on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Make it a great rest of your Monday. We will be back again tomorrow for more Miami Dolphins offseason talk. Hope to see you then. Fins up.